In the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory that you're so worthy of. Amen. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Why don't you turn to somebody who you have not had an opportunity to greet and just tell them it's so good to see you here tonight. Amen, amen. Go ahead and shake hands with somebody. Amen. Tell them how good it is to see them here tonight. Amen. Amen. It is so good to see you, Brother Patrick. It is so good to see you, Elder. It's so good to see you. Amen. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. It is so good to see you. So good to see you, Brother John. So good to see you. Amen. So good to see you, my brother. So good to see you. Amen. 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 Well, we want to. First of all, amen, just really appreciate the opportunity uh, that God has given us, amen, to be in Bible study, to be in fellowship tonight. Uh, Pastor uh, is out recovering, and he wants me to tell you that he is recovering, and we certainly want to uh, continue to lift him up in prayer. Amen. He's um, uh, recovering from an acute bronchitis, viral bronchitis, and um, um, man, God is able. God is able. Uh, I, I told him about a month ago I had the exact same thing, uh, and it, it's, it is a shutdown experience. Uh, if you've ever had it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but God is a prevailing God, amen, and uh, he is a healer. So we want to continue to lift Pastor up in prayer. Uh, he wants me to uh, let you know that he is recovering, and he will be with us Sunday, amen, ministering the word of the Lord, amen. Amen. Why don't we do just that for just a moment? Why don't we just begin to go before the Lord and lift up our pastor in the name of Jesus? Every voice raised. Every voice raised. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your servant. We pray for his health. We pray for his well-being, Father. Yea, Lord God, we cover him right now with the name of Jesus. Father, this bronchitis is an invader, Father, to his body. Lord, by the authority of thine word, Father, we evict it in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over his home, over Sister Urshan, over Anna, over Sophia. We plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of healing, the blood of deliverance. Father, right now, Father, with your stripes, Father, he is healed. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. He's already delivered. Healing is already residing in his body. Victory is already in his spirit. Oh, glory to your name. Glory to your name. We thank you, Jesus, for what he is receiving right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to the book of Luke. Amen. And we certainly celebrate, amen, the healing that he just received. Come on, speak it by faith in Jesus' name. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 11. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. We're not going to be long tonight. Verse 1, and it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he had seized one of his disciples, said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those Forgive everyone that, that is in debt unto us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For, uh, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm about to read the prayer out of, out of memory. I'm looking at the words in my mind. It's somewhere else. 
Uh, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in a journey, in his journey, and has come to me, and I have nothing set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut. How would you like a response like that? The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And I say unto thee, though he will not rise and give him because he is a friend, yet because everybody say have his importunity, because of his importunity, he will arise and give him as many as he needeth. Something about being persistent, isn't it? Help me, somebody. Something about being persistent. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh does what? And everyone that seeketh does what? And to him that knocketh, what happens? It shall be opened. And if a son shall ask of bread, any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? And if he ask a fish, will he give a fish? Will he give him a serpent? And if he ask uh, an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask? We're going to talk about something tonight that you all are very familiar with. You can be seated. Um, that we are very familiar with in topic, uh, and that is importunity importunity. And, and the word itself speaks volumes because you see importunity act out throughout the entire scripture, throughout the Old Testament. Various passages reflect upon this. But one of the most valuable lessons that we can learn about prayer, and that is importunity plays a role in obtaining and obtaining the answer. I can remember times where uh, just even on the outside, just from a natural perspective, desiring something. How many, how many have been, that, been at, at some area in your life where there is something you wanted, maybe naturally speaking? Uh, uh, maybe it was many of us here that, that are college educated, and I said many of us, uh, many of you, many of you all that have, have completed, completed college, you went after it, and you went after it, pursuing it, uh, and you were able to obtain it, right? Everybody say amen, that have, okay? Uh, there was something inside of you this desiring that, and, and you were not going to give up until you have accomplished that goal. Am I right about it? You were able to actually receive something because of your persistence, and that's what importunity is in a sense. It is, us, it is us willing or not willing to give up in pursuing God for an answer, for an answer. Many, many times we fail to see the miraculous because we stop short of pursuing God. Many times we don't see the healing manifested in somebody's life or in our own life or in the life of our neighbor or whomever because we stop short of pursuing God. We stop short of pursuing God. So opportunity means a shameless persistence in requesting or in demand. Importunate means to be troublesome, uh, to trouble with requests or with demand, to ask for urgently. Being persistent and unrelenting for wrong thing accomplishes nothing with God. There is a manner or a way or method of prayer, according to Matthew 6 and 9, it is essential for us uh, to eradicate hindering elements from our prayer lives to eradicate hindering elements from our prayer lives, and we're going to identify uh, several of them here uh, in a second. You know what I like an importunity to? I like an importunity to the way that the Scripture describes uh, the various examples that it gives us of an individual, man or woman, that would not stop short until they were able to acquire the thing that they were asking God for. 
Okay, the Bible tells us in this unique uh, uh, passage of scripture because it begins to deal with in First Samuel about Hannah. And she desired something of God to the point that her burden was so overwhelmed that when she went to the temple and prayed, her mouth opened, but nothing came out. She was so engrossed in the thing that she desired of God and her spirit was interceding. In her spirit, she was crying out to God, but the words could not become or, or, or leave her mouth. She, she was so raptured into the burden and trusting God for, for the results that she couldn't even get out. Has anybody ever been there before? Where, where you're so involved in desiring to see the manifestation of God in your life or in your city that you went to a place of prayer and you couldn't even get the words out. The Bible tells us that it is the spirit of God that maketh intercession. Somebody say through us. So, so that means this right here. Sometimes when there's intercession taking place, I'm praying for something that I don't even know that I'm praying for. I'm trusting God for something that he desires to do, but he's using me as a vessel to, everybody say, intercede through. This is why we need to be so obedient to the spirit of God when it comes to prayer. I, I believe that when we pray in agreement, there is something that happens when we touch and agree. Oh, come on, everybody ought to be, be saying something right about now. Be, because let me tell you something. Truth be told, many of us would not be sitting in this house tonight if somebody had not touched and agreed on our behalf. Many of us would not even be alive today if somebody had not interceded on our behalf. We are living examples of an answer prayer. You living in a home you're living in is an example of an answered prayer. You being healed in your body is an example of an answered prayer. Come on, me being clothed in my right mind is, a, is, is an example of an answer prayer. The reason that many of us in here are not incarcerated right now, we are a witness of an answer prayer. We're going to be transparent tonight because sometimes I know you get to that point where you think it's all you. I want you to know, and I'll be the first to tell you since nobody else is willing to tell you, it ain't all you. Somewhere along the line, somebody prayed for us. Had me on the mind, sacrifice the time, as the song says, and pray for me. And I'm so glad that they did. Because now we're able to be a witness. We're able to be a living epistle, read and known of all men, because somebody prayed. Everybody say pray for us. The reason we are witnessing here today and about to see our new campus built and see our new sanctuary built and see our expanded parking lot built is because we are interceding. Come on, somebody. And God is going to be entreated of us. His ear is inclined to us. And we are about to see the manifestation of God here in the city of Cincinnati like we have never seen before. Oh, come on, everybody ought to clap your hands because you are going to witness what God is about to do and what he's about to unleash in our city. Oh, it's going to happen. Somebody say it's going to happen. It's going to happen because I'm praying and trusting God. It's going to happen because I'm asking and I'm interceding. It's going to happen because we are in agreement together. It's going to happen because we are entreating the Lord for it to happen. It's going to happen because we are putting feet to the, to the ground. We are laboring and trusting God to use us to bring it to pass. See, this, this is what's so powerful about, about being a believer. We're not just believers in word. We're not just believers because we show up here on Wednesday night, Sunday morning. We're believers because we believe in activating and living out our faith. How many of us would just like to live in, in this environment for the rest of our lives? That would be an indictment to who you are and who God is. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely would. But if you believe that God has called us to do greater, if you believe that God is going to use us to do greater, 
If you believe that you are an instrument in the hand of God and God's going to use every last one of us in this sanctuary right now and every last one of us that are part or members of this church to bring forth his will, you're going to witness it because God's going to use you to do it. Everybody said amen. amen. So when we talk about hindrances to prayer, it's important that we identify those things and, act, and don't act like they don't exist. Because there are some obstacles to our prayer. There's some hindrances to our prayer. But when we remove those hindrances and begin to call upon the name of the Lord, there is something that takes place in the spirit when we are inquiring of God. When we remove these unknown hindrances, we are ready to persist and to persevere in prayer until the answer comes. Some of these hindrances are improper husband and wife relationship, content and strife and disharmony in the home affects one's prayers. According to 1 Peter 3 and verse 7, it kind of got mighty quiet. I'm guessing a lot of married folks in here tonight. And y'all can, y'all can testify, right, to there sometimes you wanted to get a prayer through. And when you went to your knees, you knew that something existed there that, that man, I, 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 I can't get it together. I, I, I'm stumbling over my words. I, I can't feel God like I, I need to feel God. I, I, I really can't, can't, can't get where I need to go in prayer. And, and then you realize that there's something was going on with your, with your, with your companion, with your spouse. And so you tried to push past that like it never existed. And you try to ignore it like, it, like it, it's not real. You try to go around. You can fast as long as you want to fast. You can read as many scriptures as you want to read, and you should read them. You can quote as many Bible verses as you know by memory. But when you go to your knees, let me tell you something. There's still something obstructing your prayer life. And that's because you have an unresolved issue with your wife or with your husband. Oh, come on, somebody. Ooh, I must be feel like this must be one of those meddling moments pastor gets into every now and then. I'm, I'm just kind of sitting. I'm just about to have some fun right now because I feel it's there, you know, because what happens, we don't want to tell the truth about it. You know, we were in conversation not too long ago, and, and I, I complimented Pastor uh, with, with being so transparent as he was with us last Saturday, two Saturdays ago, when he told us that sometime he, he began to be transparent with some things, and he shared with us uh, some things, and it, it just it, it ministered to me f- for the simple fact that, that we live sometimes in that, that superficial world as believers. And that, that superficial world tells us that I can, I, I can have this thing existing, but when I come here and I say praise the Lord and smile at everybody, it's okay. You know, and, and, and it's not the reality of the life of a believer. Don't, let, me, let me say this. I'm going to meddle a whole lot more right now. Don't you know that being a responsible Christian, right, requires me to love you even if I don't feel like loving you? That's called being a responsible believer. Don't you know if I'm going to be a responsible believer, somebody in that home has to be a little bit more mature, mature than the other, right? Because if something exists, then, then me being a husband, you know, Mildred's not here tonight, and if she listened on the radio, baby, I love you forever, right? But somebody in the home got to be mature, right? And so sometimes she, she says things to me that are uncomfortable. Why did you say that? Why do you feel this way? I remember when we first got married, I shared this to you before, we just got married, I'm a soldier in the military, and she said to me, I don't know how I was acting, how I was behaving, but she said to me, You're, I'm not one of your soldiers. And I said, the devil is a liar, your last name, cold breath, like I, I'm a cold breath. But I had, I had to come to terms with my behavior. I had to come to terms with something that was hindering us from having a relationship with God through our prayer lives. 
I'm acting out some things that I didn't even realize what I was acting out. But what I was acting out was obstructing me from entering into the presence of God. Sometimes we like to justify ourselves because we're tired. We had a long day at work. I, you should understand this about me. And you come in grumpy, carrying all the weight of your experiences through that day. And you sit down or you begin to interact with your wife like she's not your wife. Like she's one of your coworkers, or like, in my case, like she was a soldier. And now you want to have a walk with God. You want God to hear your prayers, and you're not taking care of something God gifted to you. I would be crying too, baby, because it's heavy right now. <laughs> so an improper husband and wife, husband and wife relationship. Sin over our lives. Being hypocritical or actively engaging in sinful practices. And never repenting will stop the answer of our prayers. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, and Psalm 66, 1, 1 and 8, 1 and 18. Let, let, let me say this, and we're going to just, just work through some things right now. I know we're talking about opportunity, but we got to deal with some of the obvious things. Some of the obvious things that there are some real hindrances to our prayer life. As we said, the husband and wife and proper husband and life relationship and also sin. Everybody say sin. Don't you know the Bible tells us that if I regard or keep sin in my heart, God does not hear me? That, that was an alarming passage of scripture to me because as a new babe growing in God and, and even sometimes as an older person growing in God, you know, sometimes we feel, okay, God, you know, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to say that. I did not mean to act that way. So God, just go ahead and look by that and just let me do Christianity the way I do Christianity. But God takes notice of that. He takes notice of that. He takes notice of that to the point that he's not going to allow you access into his presence until you make it right with him. Now, 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 you can look at me as a messenger, right? But you got to love me as a brother, but that's the word of God. Because if I want to have access to God, there's some things I've got to make right, and I can't have sin regarded in my life. You know, let's, let's talk about this sin for, for a second. Because as we go forth in God, you know, one of the things that, that, that's, that's empowering us as, as believers, the sun is so, this light is in my eyes. You know what's empowering us so much so as believers? is our willingness to minister to those, not you in particular, but to minister to those that are having challenges, to encourage those that are having challenges. Because as we go forth in the city, and as many people as the Lord are going to bless this campus to be filled with, there are going to be those that are not going to look like me and are not going to look like you. There are those that are going to come in, you know, addicted to drugs. There are those that are coming with all sorts of problems. But you know what's, how they're going to see the love of God in their life? Is that if I am willing to minister to them in love, glory to God, right, the way that I was ministered to in love. Help me, somebody. This is how we are going to see the love of God manifested in our lives and in our city. Are you willing to humble yourselves and to minister to somebody that is in need. They don't smell like you. They don't talk like you. They don't walk like you. They're not from where you're from. They don't dress like you. But nonetheless, this is somebody that God called and God is dealing with. So I've got to be willing to lay down my self-righteousness, to lay down my false expectations, and trust God to do in my brother's life the very thing that he desires to do in my brother's life for his glory. This is how evangelism takes place. Can you love somebody that is unlovable? Can you care for somebody that you have never met before? Come on, when somebody enters this house, can they feel the love of God? Like my brother said, we feel the love of God. When we come in, well, I know I feel the love of God because I look just like you. I talk just like you. I walk just like you. I breathe just like you. I worship just like you. But what happens when somebody comes in here that don't worship like we, like we do? 
What happens when somebody comes in here that's designed to feel God, needs to feel God, but yet they come in contact with us first? Will your self-righteousness or your indictment of something that God brought you out of, will that allow you to love them regardless? Who? See, sometimes we like living in a safe area, and that safe area is, well, I, I, I don't want to deal with this because God brought me out of it. And I, and I understand that, all right? But when God has brought us out of something, then I can go to somebody and say, hey, look, you know, you're my brother, I'm your brother, right? I can't necessarily minister to this person because that's something God delivered me from. And because I know that the issues and challenges that I've had with this, I'm going to say, hey, brother, I want to introduce you to a brother in Christ. He's a very good brother. And, and maybe you can take over this responsibility. Everybody say that's called being a responsible believer. You can't, you can't live this life superficial. <laughs> you can't live this life superficial. That's called being responsible. Because I know that my brother can help somebody. And I trust him to do so. Okay? He's been to home Bible study training. Help me somebody. All right? He came to the workshop. Right? He's ministered the word of the Lord. He knows his Bible. He read the Bible. He said he's a Bible. Right? So I know he's ready to minister and help somebody. Why? Because there's a sin issue and God has given him victory over that. And he know how to minister to that. So we're talking about removing obstacles and being evangelistic at the same time. <laughs> Amen. So these are some of the challenges that, that we're going to have. And these are some of the things that God is going to help us to do. Not asking according to the will of God. Okay. God will, in this context, in his word, okay, neither are we to ask for things contrary uh, to his will for our personal lives. We must consider his word and his plan for our lives when we are praying. 1 John 5 and 14, Romans 8 and 17. Not asking according to the will of God is a hindrance. Wavering. James said that a double-minded man, okay, is unstable in all his ways. Doubt, hesitant, or staggering at God's promises when we pray, when we ask in faith without doubting, okay, and the answer, the answer will come. Unbelief is a hindrance to our prayer life, okay, hindrance to an answer prayer. Unbelief is doubt and one of the biggest hindrances uh, that we ever will have to fight in our, in, our, in our prayer lives. Everybody say unbelief. I'm going to get to this. Unforgiveness, okay? Forgiveness must emanate, okay, from our hearts while we are praying. Failure to forgive hinders, hinders our prayer life. Failure to use the name of Jesus. All power, the Bible tells us, in heaven and earth is in the name of Jesus Christ. His titles, his attributes are good to call on in prayer, but we should never forget that it's the power of the name of Jesus, okay, when we call upon him in faith that he answers. Not asking or asking amiss. This means wondering. The word amiss means unbecoming, not benefiting, incorrect, or wrong, or and wrong. So, so never ask, therefore, nor, 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 when asked, some never ask, therefore the answer never comes. Other ask for the wrong purpose. James 4, 4 and 3. So, so here's the thing right here. And, and let me tell you, and you know this, allow me to preach to the choir tonight, okay? Or teach to the choir tonight. When we're praying in agreement for the will of God to be done, guess what? And it's, it is the will of God, okay? God answers. When we're praying for the will of God to be done in agreement, God answers. When we're believing the very same thing that God will bring on our behalf and it's in his will, God answers, okay? Now, now, now this is important. This is important. As we are identifying 
as we are in our Ready Now campaign, as we are identifying the things that we're asking God for. We're asking God for that in a unified voice. We're asking God for that with one cause and one purpose. Do you follow me? I'm in agreement with everything, our expanded sanctuary, our new campus, oversized parking lot, expanded connect point, all those wonderful things that we're trusting God for. Guess what? We are in agreement praying for that. And guess what's going to happen, right? We are going to see that manifested in our eyes. This is a great place to be. Oh, hallelujah, everybody. This is a great place to be. The, the reason being, right, you have not seen your next level, but God has. You have not seen where you're going to go in God, but God has. So God is allowing us to take these little baby steps and route to seeing his will manifested in the lives because we're all in agreement. Now, here's what's so powerful about that, okay? I'm not allowing my personal feelings or preferences to deter me or distract me from the unity that I need to have with my brother. I am not allowing my personal preferences, individual desires to deter me from being in agreement with my sister. So I understand that there are some things in my psychological mind, there are some things physically speaking that will impact me that I've got to identify and suppress those things in the prayer through prayer in the name of Jesus Christ and come into agreement no matter how I feel about it. Whew, we don't like that right now. We don't like that right now because I tell you, in route to doing this will, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see some obstacles. We're going to see some weary times. We're going to see some times it's causing our flesh to like, I don't know about that brother. I don't know about that sister. But, but, but nonetheless, right, because I am a mature believer and I recognize this, I am going to bring down this thing and bring it under subjection through prayer. Don't, don't you know that part of the reason, one of the reasons that we are not able to see the things we desire to see in God is because we are not unified and we are not subjecting ourselves to the power of God in prayer in our personal lives? And, and this is what's so powerful about where we are now. There is one voice given to this project. There is one voice sounding for this project. So everything pastor declares unto us, everything our elders declare unto us, we are embracing as a truth. And please, if you have not embraced it as a truth, embrace it as a truth. Because I promise you right now, it's about to happen. I promise you right now, it is about to happen. What you declare in your mouth, you will begin to see in reality according to the will of God. What you open up your mouth and say, God, I know this is your will, and I know you're bringing it to pass, God, regardless of, where, regardless of my finances. I may have just lost my job, but I know God's going to bring this to pass. My insurance may have just been changed, but I know God's going to bring this to pass. I know some things have been strapped on us, but I know God's going to manifest his word and his will, and we are going to see this coming to fruition in our lives this is what's so powerful about praying you know one time I'll, I'll say this when we lived in New Jersey and I may have shared this before but it's all about prayer we had a room that was dedicated to prayer in our home in New Jersey small apartment smaller than what it is right now smaller than the house we live in right now and let me tell you where I got this from the church we went to in New Jersey there were some Nigerians and we went to their home in, in uh, Trenton and for some fellowship, I don't remember what was happening. And you know what? There was one room they would not allow us in. They said, no, it's no fellowship in that room. That's a room of prayer. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, you can't take food in that room. Go, go on over here. This room is dedicated for prayer. And after we finished fellowshipping, we went into this room, began to pray. Let me tell you something. You knew this room was dedicated to prayer. Maybe if you walked into somebody's home, maybe you've experienced this, where you've walked into somebody's home, and you know, you, you know by, by your experience in God and, and the Spirit 
you know that prayer is taking place in this home. You, you know that. There, there's some of us that walk to home like, oh, my goodness. You just, you just felt the warmth, presence of God, the peace of God, because you knew that prayer took place in that home. So, so I got this from them. So what we did, you know, we dedicated a room. It was an upstairs second bedroom in the military community where we live. We dedicated this room to prayer. We got a butcher board paper, put my wife's parents on there, put other members of our community on there. And you know what we begin to do? We begin to pray. But you know why we pray? We pray because we believe that God will use us to reach them, to reach a parent, to reach our community, to reach those that are around us, to reach those on our job, to reach those, okay? And we believe that. So when we pray, we're not praying that the Lord will bless them with a big home. We were not praying that the Lord will bless them with a new car. We were not praying that the Lord will increase their finances. We may have at some point, but our focus was upon the most part to need, and that was upon salvation. Okay? And let me tell you something. As we begin to pray, we left at, at some point. My wife was from Austin, went to Austin to visit her parents. One Sunday, we all decided to go out to church. We went to Brother Bernard's church, Bishop Bernard's church at the time. He was still pastoring there uh, in Austin, Texas. When we got there, we were late, you know, sometimes, you know, being a believer, you know, you know, you ain't necessarily where you need to be on time sometimes, you know, and we showed up in there late and was on the last pew, right? We caught probably the tail end of the service and the part of the service we caught, man, it was what her mother needed. God filled her mother with the Holy Ghost on the very last pew. After service, we took her and baptized her in Jesus' name. You follow me, somebody, you know? But prayer preceded that. On another occasion, we were down there visiting, working in Waco, Texas, drove down to Austin. Her, her sister wanted to come out to, to Bible study with us. You, you got to know me. You got to know you, just, 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 just the life we live as believers. I don't care where you are and you're traveling all around the nation, even the world, you're going to find a church somewhere as a believer. Come on, somebody. You're going to find a church somewhere as a believer because you know you need to be in the house of God. So, so we get down there, and, and our sister wanted to go to Bible study with me one night, and uh, I said, well, well, let's go. So her and her sister and her boyfriend came out to Bible study. We're at Brother Bernard's again, and, and God just began to move up on her sister. She says, hey, I want to be baptized tonight. I said, well, well. You know, have, have, you, you know what a responsible believer is going to do when somebody say they want to be baptized? Amen. Have you repented of your sins? Yes. That's, what a that's what a responsible believer is going to do, right? right? Anybody else say, oh, great, great, come on, let's get in the water. No, a responsible believer is going to say, have you repented of your sins? And we just learned in, in, in a class across the street over there, I ain't going to put nobody on the spot right now, but we know repentance is more than saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins, yeah. Right? Because by definition, what does repentance mean? Somebody help me out here. We're going to have class right now. What does repentance mean? A turn. What else does it mean? Huh? Godly sorrow. Amen. What else does it mean? Huh? Sin no more. What up? Regret. What else does it mean? Come on, class. <laughs> what else does it mean? Sister Jackie, right? What else does it mean? A turn, right? A forsaken, right? What else does it mean, right? Bring forth meat, fruit for repentance, right? So repentance is more than saying, God, I'm sorry. I mean, we want you to be sorry. God wants you to be sorry, right? But you better make up your mind. Oh, man, I got the wrong audience tonight. Because <laughs> we start going to the basics. You know, folks get nervous. They, 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 I'm a transparent guy. They, I might ask some questions, all right? Because we know that when we repent, we have to understand something that I'm making up my mind, right? Too often, the reason people don't receive the Holy Ghost is because we don't clarify repentance to them. 
It's a faith response. But once you define repentance, man, people should understand that after that comes power in their lives. All right. So, so here it is now. You know, we, we baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ. So, 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 so let, me, let me just go there for a second because we know that there are some hindrances to our prayer life. But, but don't you know there are some victories also in our prayer life? Don't you know that God allows us to witness his power being manifested and released through us? Don't you know everything is not dreary and down and depressed? Don't you know there's some victories in this thing? Don't you know there's some overcoming aspects of living a believer's life that's in this thing? Don't you know there's some mountains to climb? There's some giants to kill? There's some lions to destroy in this thing? And God is allowing us to be a part of what he's going to do in this last hour because we are interceding and we are praying and removing all those obstacles and hindrances to our prayer life. So God's going to allow us to see it. Everybody say, God's going to allow me to see it. God's going to allow you and I to see victory in this city and in our lives like we have asked for. God's going to allow you and I to see victory in this city like we have asked for. The Bible tells us that if we ask to believe, so don't you know that when you open up your mouth to begin to intercede for somebody, no matter what that situation is, that you've got to believe that thing first? It's a cliche, but it's a Bible promise that if you believe it, you shall receive it. It's a cliche, but it's a Bible promise. Don't you know that if you believe it, you shall receive it? That means this, that I'm going to open up my mouth and declare the very thing that I am trusting God for on the behalf of this city, on the behalf of our campus, on the behalf of our family, on the behalf of our loved ones, on the behalf of our co-workers, on the behalf of those that are incarcerated, on the behalf of those that are in hospital, on the behalf of those that are in halfway homes, on the behalf of everyone that's in need. Because when I open up my mouth, God's going to allow me to see this thing. The Bible tells us it is not the will of God that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So if I'm dealing and ministering to somebody and they have a need of repentance, when I open my mouth, don't you know there are some unseen forces that God begins to work in their lives and causes them to come to an understanding that I want life more than I do death? Oh, say hey, amen, everybody. All right, because this is how God's going to allow us to see his hand worked in this hour. But you've got to trust it. It's, it's, it's not just us asking randomly. It's not just us reaching for the wind. But it's us coming into agreement and knowing the very thing that God said that we are able to achieve, we're able to achieve. Somebody read Mark 11 and 24 for me really quick, very loud. And don't be afraid to do so. I don't know how far I'm going to be able to walk back here until the mic starts speaking. But I know God is able to do this thing. You, you know, if, if we have never... If we have never, ever seen a life change, if we have never, ever seen a life change, where our personal experience will speak to the fact that we have seen a life change, if we have never, ever seen it, don't you know the word of God has already declared it so I can believe it? 11 and 24. Do you follow me? Don't you know if I have never seen it, I can't rely upon my experience, don't you know the word of God has already declared it so I can believe it? It's Wednesday night, but it's all right. I got a half a cup of coffee in me. I can go for another two hours. Somebody read Mark eleven twenty four. Okay, stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. We're talking about importunity, right? We're talking about importunity. We talked about removing hindrances. Now we're talking about seeking the answer to a prayer. Read that one more time. Stop right there. 
Stop right there. Whatsoever you desire. Okay? That means this right here. Every other understanding pertaining to what I desire is centered on what the will of God is. Who? Every other thing has to be centered on what the will of God is. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Let me clarify. As I am asking God for what I desire, there's a knowledge in me of what God does not desire for me. So I'm not asking for things that I know God does not desire. Even though I'm desiring something, I am clarifying that because I know what God does not desire for me. So when I open, my, open up my mouth and begin to ask God for something, I already know what he desires for me to have according to his word. Ooh. We, we're on third base. We're about to make our way home right now, okay? But this is important for us to understand, okay, that when I am desiring something, I'm praying because I am a mature believer. And I'm understanding the promises as written in, in the word of God. So when I open, my, my, open up my mouth to declare what I do desire, I'm desiring it according to his will. And when I desire it according to his will, what does the word say? Pause right there for a second. Pause right for Here comes all those faculties that want to interfere with my faith. Here comes all those faculties that want to interfere with my faith. What things interfere with my faith? My visual stimulation interferes with my faith. My, my auditorial hearing interferes with my faith. Right? Rumor mill interferes with my faith. And yours too, truth be told. Because sometimes we begin to pray those prayers. And if we're not careful, if we're not walking in life of, as, a, as a mature believer, I see something going on that I'm not asking God for. And it seems like they're resisting the will of God. Don't you know that when you pray something for somebody, you're desiring to see change? That when you open up your mouth and lift up their name before God, you know that there's an atmosphere that that name travels through? Don't you know that that atmosphere, the Bible declares it, principalities of the air? So when we begin to intercede for somebody and that name travels through the air, they enter into a spiritual warfare just like you just entered into a spiritual warfare. So I've got to understand something, right, according to desire, according to my knowledge of the word of God, that now I am engaged and you are engaged and now they don't even know it, but they are engaged in a warfare that they didn't even ask to be in. But I'm desiring life for them instead of death. And in order for them to come into fruition or that knowledge to come to them, I've got to war on their behalf. This is why we're going to see victory in the city that we, we live in. This is why we're going to see the power of God released in our city because we understand this principle. It's not hidden, it's not hidden from us. This is not a mystery to us because we know as we are engaging in this thing that God's going to give us victory because the last thing says this right here. Pa pause right there for a second. It said you might possibly get it. Ah, there's a great opportunity. I might come to you. You know, come on, you know. Uh, it just, just, just might happen. Uh, you know, possibility, you know, like, you know, flipping a coin, it might happen. That's not what it says. What does it say? Read it again. You shall have them. Go on and say, letter. Let me show you what's about to happen. I know it's Wednesday. I'm excited. I just wish you were feeling what I'm feeling right now. Y'all like, man, come on now, bro. We, we worked all day long. <laughs> I got night shift tonight. <laughs> I ain't feeling what you're feeling. Let's just get to the point, right? I'm going to help you get to the point. This is the point. 
we're about to see God release something on this city like we have never seen before. Like we have never seen before. And you're going to be a part of it. But you got to be a part of it with an understanding that there's some challenges that you're going to have. But when we agree together and when we pray and ask God for the very thing that we desire, that Mark 11:24 blessing, we need to have that on our refrigerator and over our door mantle every time we walk out the door. God, I'm believing. God, I'm trusting. Whatever it is, God, I'm believing. God, I'm trusting. I don't feel it, but God, I'm believing. God, I'm trusting. Kids acting up, God, I believe it. God, I'm trusting. Car just broke down, just lost my transmission. God, I believe it. God, I'm trusting. Come on, just got fired from my job. God, I'm believing. God, I'm trusting. Come on, just got some medical diagnosis. God, I'm believing. God, I'm trusting. Uh, come on, our neighbor just done something crazy. God, I'm believing. God, I'm trusting. This is our posture and our attitude because we know that God's going to bring this thing to pass. But you have got to believe this thing. We've got to trust this thing. And no matter what, we are declaring victory over our lives and in our city. Come on, somebody. So we got, we, we, we're going to pray in agreement. We're going to re remove all those hindrances, and we're going to begin to importune, importune, pray importunity prayers. Importunity, the factor in prayer. Prayers made and prayers answered are two very vastly different things. God wants to bless us and give his people the Holy Ghost and to supply our needs. But there are biblical principles of importunity prayer. Labor and time-saving devices applicable to other projects never apply in prayer. Praying in, is enjoyable and rewarding, but it is also hard work and taxing to the flesh. Never should we feel repulsed when we do not get the desired results in prayer. Being timid, bashful, easily discouraged in prayer will not bring the needed answers. Un, unbashed determination and stamina are necessary for heaven's doors to be opened in our life. Because prayer, everybody say prayer changes things. One of the things that we see in scripture is a very powerful thing a very powerful principle about understanding how important it is to, to, to have importunity. If I come to you, and let's say it's a reasonable amount of time, it's a decent hour of the day, you know, and you have it in your hand, you either have it in your hand or you got it on your, your American Express card, you know, you may have it on your visa, or you may have it on your, your visa debit card, or you may have it on, 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 you know, in savings where you can pull it out, you know, uh, or you may have it in your refrigerator, you know, uh, uh, but you have it accessible. And in a convenient time, you know, there's no problems whatsoever of you, you rising and get, giving me the thing that, that I may be in need of. Because I, I've knocked on your door, it's a reasonable time, uh, and, and you're, you're, you're obliged by me, you know, uh, you know and I, I'm going to get what I've, what I've asked for, right? But what about when it's an inconvenient time? What about when it's a midnight hour. What about when it's, you know, you got to have somebody in your circle of influence. Is that 2 o'clock, 2, 2 a.m. prayer person, that 2 a.m. prayer, that 2 a.m. friend, you know? It's an inconvenient time. All right? And, you know, everything about our friendship and our relationship tells you, you know, I know you're my friend, but you got to realize it's, it's 2 in the morning. It's 10 o'clock at night. It's 1130. You know? I know we boys and everything, but listen, man, you, 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 you got to go without tonight because I ain't getting up. Right? Watch this. Watch this. Right? We boys, we friends, we family. Right? But, but, right? I'm inconveniencing you. Right? And because I'm inconveniencing you, you are less likely to get up and give me the very thing that I have need of. Right? Because I've what I've inconvenienced you. But, 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 right? 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 But because I'm I'm the type of person. I, if, if, I'm gonna just tell you I'm the type of person that I know how to call. 
I'm the type of person that will show up and knock on your door, right? And it's not that I'm being rude or inconsiderate or anything like that. I just know we boys. I just know we friends. And I know that I have a need, right? Your friendship didn't get up and give me what I need, but my persistence got you to get up and give me what I need. The Bible describes God in this manner. It tells us to ask. And it tells us that if we don't get it the first time, it tells us to ask. It tells us if we don't get it the second time, it tells us to ask. If we don't get it the third time, it tells us to ask. And it tells us this, right? Because of that importunity, because of that persistence. Be, watch this now. Because my faith refuses to say it is not going to be answered. My faith refuses to allow me to go back in the state that I was when I know I need a blessing from God. Come on, somebody. My desire to see something in my life and in the life of our city will not allow me to go back and accept no as an answer. My desire, my persistence, and my faith in God says that I know God is well able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask according to, watch this, what's already working on the inside. Hallelujah. So you have got to allow what's working on the inside to keep you before God because God is desiring this. Don't you know the Bible? You know what I was wrestling with? I'm going to tell you what I was wrestling with. Brother Seth. Okay, many people know his testimony, right? <clears throat> was it Sunday night? Sunday night, Sunday night okay. Uh, there was a drive-by shooting by his house. Many people know his testimony, okay, because we were praying after we heard about it, Right? But guess what he said? My love for God, my love for his word, my desire and love for fellowship super exceeds something that have come my way. And I refuse to allow some negative experience to stop me from being in the house of God tonight. Come on, somebody. That's the type of boldness and maturity that we need to have in God. Regardless of the circumstances, anything that comes our way, we have got to have that type of boldness and desire to come to the house of God regardless. But here's where I want to go. My desire to see God manifested in our lives has got to be above everything that I may experience and be challenged with naturally because I know God wants to bless. And I know God wants to release his will upon our city. Okay? So that means this right here. As I'm praying, I'm going to come across somebody that I know I'm going to be able to be a blessing to, be able to be encouraging to. I know that I'm going to come across somebody that I may not have it all in my wallet, but I'm going to reach out, amen, by faith and just drop these $200 on her, right? Because I know by faith God's about to do something. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why God chooses to use me the way that he does or chooses to use us the way that he does, but I'm trusting him to be an, inst to be an instrument in his hand. So if God says, you know, give this brother $5,000, guess what I'm going to do? I'm releasing $5,000 upon him in the name of Jesus Christ. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you asked not. Can I be a witness right now? I can remember, and this is kind of shallow, sort of. I can remember my car, I locked my keys in the car at Walmart. We had just moved from New Jersey here to Ohio. I didn't know nobody. We weren't coming here to the church yet. I live all the way up there in Dayton anyway. I don't know who else is going to call from down here to come get me. <laughs> Brother, call a cab. Uber is right around the corner, you know. I didn't know anybody. I didn't even know Uber at the time. It may not even have a cell phone or maybe been battery dead or maybe locked in a car also. I'm sitting there and the scriptures just reminded me. I'm looking around. Uh, Alana's about to get out of school. I'm looking around. I said, okay, God, 
I, I, I need a ride. I need a ride. I got to get home, get Mildred. I got to get the keys, get back at the Walmart, get the van, and go to, go to the school and pick, pick Alana up. And I'm sitting around looking. I'm sitting around looking. And you know the scripture came to me? You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. So I started looking around. You know, there's some folks look very approachable. But I said, as I, I, I started watching them, they turned away. I said, okay, don't ask them. Right? There was one person I looked at, and I said, no, I don't even want him to know where I live. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. Then there's this one person, a lady. I said, ma'am, I said, you don't know me, and, and I don't know you. And I said, listen, this is no trick. Ain't no funny stuff. I pulled out my driver's license. I pulled out my military ID. I said, ma'am, I locked my keys in the car. I said, my daughter's about to get out of school. I said, I need to get her. I said, if you can just drop me off to the school where my daughter is, uh, I can make it from there. You know, it got to the point, this is cold months, whatever it was. I started going to Walmart, buy a bike and ride the bike from Walmart to my daughter's school. I, I, I was just that desperate. I didn't want my daughter sitting out there waiting on daddy to come and daddy got his keys locked in the van. And the scripture just kept coming. You have not because you asked not. You have not because you asked not. And then I asked that lady, and she had to go pick up her daughter from ballerina class, something like that. You know, she's, and we're talking. And then we got in the car, and she, she agreed to give me the ride to my daughter's school. I said, okay, all right, you're going to go this far. Let me, let me start witnessing to you. We're going to see what we can dialogue about. Started telling her about my Christian experience and about how good God is. And she started telling me about her Christian experience and how good God is. Before you know it, we're at my daughter's school. I think I reached in my, my wallet for some gas money. I only had maybe three dollars, said, ma'am, you know, and then she refused the three dollars or whatever I had in my wallet, you know. But I got there, got my daughter, and then another person who I knew at the school, whose, you know, son went to the school, my daughter, gave me a ride to my house to get my keys. And I went, took me back to Walmart, waited on me, took me back to Walmart to get the van, and I was able to come home. And God allowed me to live out that scripture. You have not because you asked not. You have not because you asked not. Could it be that the Lord allowed me to have that experience just to charge my faith up a little higher? Could it be that sometimes the way that God answers our prayer, he allows our prayers to be answered just so our faith is charged a little higher so that we can see our new 1,000-seat sanctuary, so we can see our expanded parking lot, so we can see our oversized worship center, oversized platform. Could it be that the Lord allowed us to experience that, to send our faith in levels that we can embrace and believe the things that he has promised? Could it be that? Because there's not an experience, there's not a trial that's wasted. The Bible says all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord to those that are the called, what? According to his purpose. Don't you know sometimes there's purpose in our pain? There's purpose in our setback? There's even purpose in the things that God has laid up on our hearts to do, but we don't feel qualified to do them. I want you to know right now, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. You are qualified to do what God said you are qualified to do. You are able to do what God has placed upon your heart to do. You are able to see what God says that you are able to see. You are able to minister healing and deliverance and victory the way that God said that you are able to do that. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's Wednesday night. Maybe it's just a little too late. Maybe my coffee have not started wearing off yet. But I believe that God can do any and everything that he has declared in his word that he's going to use us to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but here's where the truth lies. Here's where the truth lies. You have got to believe it. You have got to believe it. We, we just learned next door that faith is obedience. Faith is an action word. Come on. Faith is an action word. 
right? And I believe that it's an action word. So if I'm praying for somebody and I'm believing that God's going to heal them and the opportunity opens for me to come in contact with them or to visit the hospital where they are, I can't stand there and act like I'm afraid to pray. I can't stand there and act like God didn't allow me to see the very thing that I was asking for. How do you know that? We have precedence in Scripture. The Bible tells us this. Now watch, this is my last point. And then we're going to be done after the next 35 minutes. We're going to be done, okay? <laughs> we have precedence in Scripture. The Bible tells us that Peter was incarcerated. Was he not? He was incarcerated. Put in prison. Peter was so at peace with being where he was, he went to sleep. Now, first of all, if I'm in prison, y'all make sure y'all pray. Because I ain't do nothing to get there. I promise you. So if y'all ever hear a report of me in prison, y'all make sure y'all call a prayer meeting. I want somebody fast at least four days for me because I'm going to need to get out of there. But Peter went to sleep. He rested so much so that when the church was praying, the Bible says that the angel had to, had to nudge him, had to wake him up. And he still wasn't to himself, but because the church was praying. Now watch this. The thing that the church was asking God for, God allowed them to see. What a novelty. The thing that the church was asking God for, God allowed them to see. We're about to release, we're about to have three or four prayer meetings coming up here shortly for our capital campaign. We're about to pass out prayer cards once we're launched, and all of us are going to be praying the same thing. All of us are going to be praying the same thing. This is so powerful. And God's going to allow us to see the very thing that we're asking God for, just like he did for Peter. God's going to allow us to see the very thing that we're asking him for, just like he did Peter. This is why we know that we have the petition that we ask of him. The Bible tells us this is the confidence that we have in him. That we, if we ask anything according to his will, you know what the Bible says? He hears us. How do we know he hears us? He hears us because we have the petition that we're asking of him. He hears us. Everybody say he hears us. So when we open up our mouth with one voice and begin to release that petition to God, guess what? He hears us. When we ask God for our expanded sanctuary, new 1,000-seat sanctuary, guess what? He hears us. God knows the population of Cincinnati, and he knows just he, he needs a release in his body for us to, to, to reach Cincinnati, for us to become what he desires for us to become. Guess what? He hears us. Everybody say he hears us. Now, if there's anything in us that is a doubt or a hindrance or an obstruction to us embracing that as a promise from God, we've got to put it under the blood. We've got to put it under the blood, whatever it is, whatever it is, because you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. How many believers in this house of God today? How many believers in everybody's hand? Baby, amen, infant, two months, everybody's hands ought to be raised because we are trusting God. We are believing God to bring this into fruition in our lives. Okay? Now, I want you to stand with me right now. We've got 35 more minutes to go, and then we're going to close. This is just exercise to get the muscles and the blood flowing. We used to do this in the military in a long class. After about 35, 40 minutes or so, stretch, lift your hands to heaven, get the blood flowing. But we're going to close right now. It was only teasing, right? But I want you to know this right here, right? There is an agreement where two touch and agree. God answers.
because of the unity that exists between us. My goodness. Is it Phil? Your friend Phil? Is that right? Yes, Phil. Phil, right? You see, you forgot. I didn't forget. His name is Phil. <laughs> I'm believing Phil for salvation. Feel salvation with you. I'm setting myself in agreement with you. We're going to do a Bible study with Phil, and we're going to see Phil's faith rise to a point that he's believing the word of God for God's promises for his life. Right? You believe that? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's being done right now. It's being done right now. Phil is one of millions. Phil is one of thousands. <laughs> Phil is one of the miracles. Phil is one of the ones we're interceding for, we're trusting God for. Phil is the one that we're going to see life in. Phil is the one that we're going to see receive the Holy Ghost. Because we're in agreement. Because we're trusting and agreeing. He is one. He is one. He is one. He is one. There is someone, there is someone that's in our city. There's someone that's in our city. Listen to this broadcast right now. You think that obtaining deliverance and victory is unapproachable, unreachable by you. I want you to know right now that God has already proclaimed your deliverance, whoever you are. Lift your hands and voices with me right now. Let's begin to intercede right now. Whomever you are, God has already proclaimed your deliverance. He has already right now released victory in you. What you are bound by, you're no longer bound by. What has limited your life is no longer limiting your life. What have restricted you is no longer restricting you. Ah, right now by the power of the name of Jesus, your hindrances have been removed. By the power of the name of Jesus, your freedom is already proclaimed. By the power of the name of Jesus, you have already been set free. Chains are being broken right now. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, it's happening right now. It's happening right now. There are ears on our broadcast that are waiting. There are listeners on our broadcast that are anticipating. There are those right now in our city, even outside our city, that are waiting and anticipating. God, is this the place that you have for me? I want you to know right now, 6477 Cooper Road is a place for you. Cincinnati, Ohio, 6477 Cooper Road is a place for you. We're going to love you. We're going to care for you. We're going to nourish you. We're going to minister to you. We're going to nourish you back to health. Because this is the place for you. This is the place for you. Ah, come on, go ahead and release it right now. Go ahead and release it right now. Go ahead and release it right now. Come on, let the sound of your voice. Let the sound of your voice. Let the sound of your voice. Come on, it's being released right now. Come on, God has given us a prelude. God has given us a preview of what he's about to release right now. God has given us a preview of what he's about to release right now. Hallelujah. 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 There's somebody right now need a healing in their body. Come on, I know it's Wednesday night. You have not because you asked not. Whoever you are that needs a healing in your body, I want you to come down here right now. Come on, whomever you are that needs a healing in your body, come on, make your way down here right now. Come on, elders. Come on, we're about to release a miracle right now in this place tonight. You're about to witness a miracle in this place tonight. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and lift your hands. 
Lift your voice and lift your hands. Not y'all. Lift your voice and lift your hand. Come on, Elder. Come on, brother. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to hear me right now. I want you to hear me. I want you to listen before we pray. When we are ministering at the altar, ministering in the hospitals, ministering in nursing homes, wherever we're ministering, don't get in such a rush to pray. Ask what is it that you need from God. You ask what is it that you need from God. And once they tell you whatever it is that they need from God, you begin to pray in agreement for that. Do you hear what I'm telling you right now? We are about to receive the thing that we're about to ask God for right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, before we pray, before we pray, Mother, what is it that you want us to pray with you about? Come on, point your hands this way right now. She has pain in her knees, difficulty in her knees. Come on, and I want you to pray with me. In the name of Jesus, we release, we release healing. In the name of Jesus, we take authority. Yeah, that is right now. There it is right now. We take authority over degenerative cartridge. We take authority over arthritis. We take authority over nerves that are not functioning properly. We take authority over all. Oh, we take authority over muscles. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Go in the name of Jesus. It's done. It's being done right now. Hallelujah. That's right. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This is a miracle center. This is a miracle center. You're waiting on a broadcast on television. You're witnessing it with your own eyes right now. This is not some tent. This is not some location in some third world country. It's right here in Cincinnati right now. It's right here in Cincinnati right now. Declare it in the name of Jesus. Walk it out in the name of Jesus. Begin to walk it out. It's already done. It's already done. Just begin to walk it out right now. In the name of Jesus. That's right, Mother. Just begin to walk it out right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What is the name of his condition? In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice right now in the name of Jesus. Healing is yours. Healing is yours. Healing is yours. Every muscle, every limb, every bone. Healing is yours. We command it in the name of Jesus to come into order. We command it in the name of Jesus uh, to come into original design. God, this is your vessel. This is your creation. This is your design. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we release healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. In agreement, in agreement, in agreement, in agreement. Come on. In agreement, in agreement, in agreement. Come on. No doubt, no fear, in agreement. Come on. No doubt, no fear, in agreement. God is able to do all that he says he's able to do. We declare it in the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me charge your faith. Let me charge your faith for just a second. I don't want you to hear me while you're praying. Just pray silently to yourself. Let me charge your faith. And let me just be real with this right now. When we were leaving Saudi Arabia, the first Gulf War, please hear me. If you're not praying, please hear me. When we were leaving Saudi Arabia, the first Gulf War, I had the Holy Ghost maybe three months, four months. We, were, we had to go back through agriculture inspection. I forget the department within the United States government were inspecting all of our equipment. I want you to hear me. So in order for us to get back in the United States, we had to pass this agriculture inspection. So we were ready to come home after seven months at war. We were ready to come home. But we had to lift our tents and, and some of our canvas equipment up on an Air Force rafter, an Air Force hangar rafter, a skeleton frame. And while doing so, I ripped the stomach muscle. I literally ripped the stomach muscle. So they had to get a forklift, put a pallet on a forklift, lift that forklift up to get me off of this rafter. They took me down, took me to the emergency room, and, and, and the doctors gave me the typical medicine, Motrin and muscle relaxers, and told me that we can't do surgery now. If we had to, we had to get you back to the States first. I went to a church service that night with those pills in my pocket, with the Motrin and with the muscle relaxers literally in my pocket. I can show you my medical records. Took them to that service that particular night the man of God was preaching on the power of the Holy Ghost. And he was talking about healing being released. I didn't even come to the altar. I, I believe so much of what he had preached that night. I laid hands on myself right back of where you are right there, Brother Reggie. And I just began to rock. Torn something muscle. I put my hands on myself just begin to rock. And as I went back the first time, the pain was there. And let me tell you something. It told me it was there. When I went back the second time, it was still there. When I went back the third time, it was still there. But when I went back that fourth time, I can't tell you what happened, but I can tell you right now, it was gone. It was gone. No surgery, no medical operation. Hear me, somebody. Not one pill. God instantly. Hey, God instantly healed me. Here's why. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. And I'm here to tell you right now, the same thing he did for me, he will do for you tonight. One more testimony. Here it is. I'm in San Antonio. Went through some changes, 1995-94, left San Antonio. Left Mannheim, Germany, going to San Antonio. I get to San, San, San Antonio, I got all, all sorts of things going on in my body. They got cameras in places. Cameras don't even belong. They taking blood. I'm like, man, you, you got enough blood. But they're trying to identify what's going wrong. They're trying to identify what's going wrong so they can put me on the right medication. I said, you know what? They said they couldn't find anything. But I know something was happening in my body, and they had proof that something was happening in my body, but they couldn't tell what it was. Let me tell you what happened. That Sunday night, Sunday morning, I went to the altar. New to the church, the man of God said, if anybody needs a healing, need prayer, come to the altar. You know how sometimes when you go to the altar and you're hoping somebody at least step out the aisle and walk with you? Nobody moved. Nobody moved. I walked to that altar at a new church as a, as a new member by myself. Man of God, assistant pastor came over. You know what they did, Bishop? They did just what you just did. They got some anointed oil. And they anointed me in oil in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. That issue I had instantly stopped. It instantly stopped. They called me back and wanted to verify what happened. I said, I, it's no longer a problem. It's in my medical records, but it's no longer a problem. I was diagnosed with it, but it's no longer a problem. I want you to know right now, he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Now, do you believe that? God's about to release a miracle right now. Would you please pray for Sister Buller? My wife 
He's, he has done, I, 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 I really teased him. I said, don't go too long tonight. And uh, he did anyhow. So, but uh, I'm, I'm ready for my wife to get through with this sickness she's going through. And would you folks, before we go, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God upon Mother Buller right now, Father. Healing is released right now. Mother, as you listen to this broadcast right now, you're already feeling right now the touch of God. You're already feeling right now a renewal in your body. You're already feeling right now a difference. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we take authority right now, Father, over this illness, over this sickness, in the name of Jesus, we cast it out. It is an invader. We take authority right now by the power of the name of Jesus. We release it in the name of Jesus. Healing is being received, Mother. Just lift your hands right now, Mother. Lift your hands right now, Mother. Come on, stand in proxy. Lift your hands right now, Mother. It's already being done. It's already being done. It's already being done. It's already being done. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What is it, my sister? How many know that God's a healer? Come on now. I need some sisters, some women of faith right now to make your way up here right now. Some women of faith. Some women of faith. Sister Tierney, come on. Come on, Sister Duvall, come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God is able. Listen, listen. As you begin to pray right now, you begin to declare sciatic nerve to come into order. You begin to declare that sciatic pressure to be released. You begin to, re begin to declare right now that that nerve is coming to normal operation as God's original design. Come on, pray it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, God, this is your vessel. Ha! This is your chosen. We declare right now the word of the Lord over her right now in the name of Jesus. Sister, right now, healing in the name as I lay my hands now in Jesus. Hey! Yeah, that's it right there. That's it right there. That's it right there. In the name of Jesus. That's it right there. That's it right there. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Say, God, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Yes, I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we're asking and we're believing him. We're trusting and we will see. Hey, Baba Shataha. In the name of Jesus. It is done. Come on, it is done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me give you a testimony real quick, and then we're done. There was a sister in New Jersey, Sister Paula Chiante. She had been in a car accident. Stay right here. Don't move. She had been in a car accident. We had come from a week of prayer and fasting at Bishop Chester Wright's church in Annapolis, Maryland, doing a fast lock-in. We came from a week of prayer and fasting, consecration. Prayer, fasting, preaching, and the word of God. Prayer, fasting, and preaching of the word of God. We got back there. She had been in a car accident, and I believed the Lord was going to heal her. We went to their house. She couldn't even get out the house. We went to her house. The first time we prayed, she still felt the pain. I said, do you still feel the pain? But the second time we prayed, she took off shouting around the room because God released healing in her. I mean, immediately. We're praying again the second time. Lift your voice with me right now. Lift your voice with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the name of Jesus, we ask and declare. We take authority and declare. Healing is being released right now. Nerves are coming to order right now. That's it right there. That's it right there. That's it right there. This pain is, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, this pain is subsiding right now. This pain is subsiding right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Push it right now. Come on, push your opportunity right now. Push your opportunity right now. Push your opportunity right now. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan, you are a liar. She's receiving a healing right now. Yeah. She's receiving a healing right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. We declare it in the name of Jesus. We declare it in the name of Jesus. We declare it in the name of Jesus. Right now, as we're about to be released, the same faith, the same power resides in our city. Hear me. Please hear me. There is an expectation in this city for deliverance and victory unlike it has never experienced before. They don't understand why they're feeling this anticipation in the heart. They don't know why they're sensing something is about to take place. But I want to know something is taking place in the heart of every citizen of Cincinnati right now because they realize God's about to do something in our midst like he has never done before. And our eyes are going to witness it. Our eyes are going to witness it. Lift your hands one more time in the name of Jesus. Begin to thank God right now for this healing. Begin to thank God right now for our city. Begin to thank God right now for our new city.